the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. I want to invite your attention to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We'll begin our reading in verse number 1. The word of the Lord reads as follows, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and that he was buried and he rose again, the third day according to the scripture and that he uh, was seen by Cephas then by the 12 and after that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remained to this present but some have fallen asleep and after that he was seen by James then by all the apostles Then last of all, he was seen by me also, as one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles whom am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I but the grace of God which was in me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preached, and so you believed. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ who he did not raise up. If, in fact, the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also... Those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. But now Christ is risen from the dead 
and has become the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the first fruit, after those who are Christ uh, at his coming. And we'll stop there. Father in heaven, we honor you and bless you today. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have given us privilege and opportunity and resources as well as the technology to be able to present this gospel to the world and to be able to declare it before your very presence. So Spirit of the Lord, I'm praying right now and even as I stand to declare your word and even as your spirit is moving in my heart, I'm praying, God, that you would speak through these lips of clay words that would cause someone to be saved on this day, words that will affirm someone in their faith, God. Words, Heavenly Father, that will encourage those who've grown weary and discouraged in times as such as these. Spirit of the living God, I'm praying that your name would get all of the glory and all of the honor and all the praise. Father, for I preach not for my own glory, but that your name might be lifted up. So, Spirit of the living God, have your way in this preaching hour. I need your strength. I need your power. I need your wisdom. I need your clarity of thought and speech that you, God, might get the message out that you have for your people on this day. Spirit of the living God, move now. Take control of this vessel of yours. I yield to you. Have thine own way. In the name of Jesus, who is the Christ, I pray. Amen. And amen. Kettering on last Sunday, we were preaching out of Psalm 150. And then as I was beginning to move forward in preaching for this particular week, the Lord kind of laid it on my heart just to sow these messages together, starting from even last week, and just to, to sow a series of messages together. And so what I want to do is I want to sow together this, the, the message from last week as well as the one from this week, kind of preach a series of messages entitled, messages of hope in a pandemic. Uh, as I kind of look forward and, and God's been laying on my heart, you know, what direction to preach, what direction to go in. He has just continuously pounded me and, and pounded me and affirmed in my heart that now is the time to preach hope to my people. And so if just to kind of give us a, a little bit of reflection upon last week, last week we were in Psalm 150, specifically because it was Mother's Day, we had a subject matter, praise the Lord mothers. And so as we were being encouraged there in the 150th Psalm, we looked very carefully and very particularly at the call to praise. And so we saw there in Psalm 150, there was a cause uh, or a call, if you will, to praise him in. And so we were given there the place in which to praise him, in his sanctuary, in the firmament of his power. We were called to praise him for, and he gave us conditions and reasons, and we have all kinds of reasons to praise him for. But we were also called to praise him according. In other words, our praise was to be in accordance with, or rather in equality with, what God had done for us. And then he said to us, not only praise him in, and praise him for, and praise him according, but he also 
also said, praise him with. And then he gave to us a list of items, uh, musical instruments and et cetera, in which we could utilize to praise God with. And so finally, he gave the final edict that resonates to us all, and that is to praise him all. And so, in other words, it was everyone's responsibility to praise the Lord. Now, why, Pastor, does that fit into a series of messages of hope? And the reason being, in the middle of pandemic, in the middle of chaos, in the middle of confusion, the best thing we can do to set our our mind at ease and our spirit in order with the God whom we serve is to praise him. Because in the middle of praise shows up the power and the spirit of God. For the word of God reminds us that he inhabits, that means dwells in the presence of praise of his people. And so if the people will turn their heart towards praise and away from the pain and the suffering, God will come in and bring peace to their situation. We need hope in the middle of this pandemic. And so today we find ourselves in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'm mindful that even as today that we're watching and and dealing with the numbers of people that are passing away and the people are concerned and the people are uneasy and the people are unstable and they're fearful to some degree, specifically about this, uh, the uncertainties that are surrounding them regarding death. Because I believe at no other time in life, perhaps, have people become more sensitive to the frailty of life and the certainty of death. Uh, All around us, we are hearing about people that are passing away and passing away and passing away. And for a number of people, it has been distant. It has been somebody else who's passed away. And as I always say here at Kettering Baptist Church, when I'm asking our body to pray for those who have family members who've lost loved ones, I always say today it's somebody else's day, but tomorrow it might be yours. Well, here we are in a particular period of time in pandemic where nearly 100,000 people have died in our country from this particular disease, and it seems to have nearly touched everybody. I, I did say nearly, because there are a few folk that haven't been yet touched, and so because they haven't been yet touched, they think that this ain't so bad. And so they're running out in the street, and they're picketing, and they're saying, let us get back out, let us get back together. Well, and, and after and until you get touched by this situation, after and until your family can't have a funeral, after and until you have to watch your loved one from a video, and you can't get to them, and you can't touch them, you won't realize how bad this really is. But the reality is we're in a bad situation, a situation where it is touching the lives of many people, and it is a time to take this thing very seriously. However, here is the problem that I think that happens in the midst of such pandemic. In the middle of the moments of panic, in the middle of moments of despair, people have a tendency to lose heart and hope because they have forgotten in whom they put their hope in in the first place. And for some, they don't know where to put their hope at all because they've invested their hope in their money. They've invested their hope in their jobs. They've invested their hope in the economy and all those things are slipping away. Kind of reminds me of the old song, all other ground is sinking sand. 
I mean, everything else that we've invested our hope in seems to be sinking sand. And if, 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 if not on Christ, the solid rock you stand, you'll find out that every other hope you have is sinking away and sliding away. But yet here we are in a period of time where we need hope. We need to be able to invest our hope in something that will stand. For the believer, our hope is in God. More specifically, our hope is in the gospel of God, the gospel being good news of God that tells us that death on this earth is not the end, but rather a transition, amen, to an eternity with our Father in heaven, to be at peace and at rest with him forever. I want to talk today in the series of these messages of hope in a pandemic in the second part from the subject matter, our hope in the resurrection. I hope you're there with me this morning. Paul writes this particular letter to a group of saints in Corinth who have a multitude of gifts and a multitude of resources, but also a multitude of problems. And one of the problems specifically that he begins to address here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is the attack that is happening on the foundational beliefs of the church. For the enemy is creeping in and has crept in to cause the believers to lose hope in those foundational things that have been preached to them and taught to them specifically as it relates to the resurrection. And so here they are struggling with this thing, and Paul wants to address them to help them and to remind them that the good news is good news. Can I encourage you this morning, wherever you are, that the good news is still good news. Praise the name of the Lord. And the good news of God is always going to be good news. Amen. And so Paul lets them know that the good news of God or the good news of Christ that was given to them, that yes, Christ was crucified, but also that he was resurrected from the dead. So Paul begins to lay out for them here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We first of all see Paul lay out for them the reminder of the gospel regarding the resurrection. Y'all got that? He says to them, first of all, moreover, brethren, as he begins here in chapter 15, he says, I declare to you the gospel which I preached. In other words, I have nothing else new to tell you, but as it relates to your hope, as it relates to you standing firm, as it relates to what you were establishing, he says, I want to remind you, brethren, regarding the gospel of the resurrection that I preached to you. He says, first of all, look, I preached it to you. I preached it to you. And then he comes and lets them know, not only did I preach it to you, but you received it. It's right here in the text. He says, look, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you. So Paul says, it was me who preached it to you. So guess what? I'm qualified to remind you of what you received. I preached it. So I know what I preached. I preached it to you. And guess what? You also received it. In other words, when I laid out this word of God, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of God, of the resurrection of Christ, when I preached it to you, you did not reject it, you received it. And not only did you receive it, he says, it saved you. Lord, have mercy. That it was that gospel, it was that good news, it was that message of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection that also saved you. 
Sometimes we need to be reminded what it was that saved us. It wasn't our bank account that saved us. It wasn't our associations and affiliations that saved us. It wasn't our friends and our family members that saved us. No, it was the gospel. It was the good news of Jesus Christ that he died on a cross for us, was buried in a tomb for us, and got up on the third day for us. It was that gospel that saved us. He says, look, it saved you. But lastly, he lets them know, in it, that is, in this gospel that I preached to you, which you also received, you received it, and it saved you, and in which you now stand. It is that same gospel that I preached to you. It is that same gospel that you received. It is that same gospel that saved you that you are standing in right now. Help me, Holy Ghost. I need to help somebody this morning to understand I don't care what's going on in the world. I don't care what's going on in America. I don't care who's in the White House. I don't care who's up in your house. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ that gave you the uh, affirmation and the assurance that you had security in the Lord and that death here was not going to hold you down. Are y'all still here with me? He reminds them of this gospel and he says to them, look, I preached it. You believed it. You received it. It saved you. And it is in that gospel that you now stand. Now, the enemy may be coming in trying to shake your faith and shake what you heard, but I just need to remind you what you heard, what you, what you received. He goes on in verse three. He says, now this gospel regarding the resurrection, this is what it says. He says, for I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. That, watch this, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. I love the way the apostle Paul lays this out to them because even as he's reminding the Corinthian church and even as I'm reminding you this morning, he says to them, look, I gave to you what I received. In other words, what I received from God, the message I got from God, I'm just the messenger. I received the message from God. I gave you the message from God and the message from God you received. I didn't make it up. I didn't fix it up. I didn't twist it up. No, what I received, I gave it to you. So that which I received, I gave it unto you. I presented it unto you. And what I presented to you was according to the scripture. And first of all, I presented to you that, first of all, Christ died for our sins. And he died for our sins according to the scripture. I need to lay this down for some folks because some people are really a little bit edgy right now. They're a little bit on ease right now. They're a little little uncomfortable right now because they don't know what's going to happen to them. What if I'm the next person that gets this virus? What if I'm the next person that they have to say uh, ashes to ashes and dust to dust? What happens to me? Let me remind you of the gospel of the resurrection, which says, first of all, Christ died for our sins. He paid the price for us. He died in our place. The wages of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life. But eternal life came through Jesus Christ because he died for our sins. He's the one that died for our sin and he died, watch this, according to the scripture. So in other words, when Jesus died on that cross, it wasn't something new that happened. It was already prophesied that it would happen. God had already laid out the plan how he was going to redeem man and how he was going to secure man at the point of his death. 
beforehand. And so the scripture had already prophesied that Jesus would die in a certain way. And so Paul comes back and he says, the good news that I presented to you was the good news that was given to me. And I presented to you that Christ died according to the scripture. Watch this. Not only did he die according to the scripture, verse 4 says, and he was buried. Because some would say, well, he really didn't die. But no, Jesus says, you don't bury somebody who's not dead. That's what Paul is laying out here, that Jesus literally died. So as God is speaking through Paul, Paul says, look, he died according to the scriptures and he was buried. And that not only did he die and he was buried, but on the third day he rose from the dead. Are y'all still here with me? I know you heard this gospel before, but sometimes because we've heard something so many times, it becomes, we become callous to it. We become, we become forgetful of the power of it. You need to understand that not only did he die on that cross, he was buried in a tomb. And on the third day, he got up according to the scripture. He did exactly what the scripture said he was going to do. He rose on the third day. Now, this is the key of the gospel because without the resurrection, there's no good news. Now, listen, you can preach Good Friday all night long. You can preach it all week long that he died, he died. Yeah, they crucified him. They crucified him. You could even go so far to the second point that Paul raises that they buried him. And yes, they buried him and he was put into a tomb. But without resurrection, that's still a sad story. Because without resurrection, there is no, there is no future. There is no hope. And so he, he goes on to let them know, hey, he definitely got up with all a fire he got up on the third day he was raised from the dead and he was raised from the dead according to the scripture i love this and then as paul almost seemingly has an anticipation that some would say some would argue the point that yeah he really didn't get up well paul begins right away to 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 solidify his argument by saying not only was he crucified and he died. Not only did he, uh, was, was he buried and put in a borrowed tomb, not only that, but he got up on the third day. And I know that some would question whether or not he got up at all. But there were witnesses, he comes back to say, there were witnesses of this resurrection. The resurrection was validated by many witnesses. He lays the witnesses out. In verse number five, he says, Cephas saw him. In verse the, in number five also, he says, then the 12 saw him. In verse six, he says, over 500 saw him. All the witnesses, look at this. And by verse seven, James saw him. And by this latter part of verse seven, and all the other apostles saw him. And by the time he gets to verse eight, and then finally, out of all the other witnesses, Paul says, I, I'm not telling you what I heard, but I saw him too. As one who was out of season, I witnessed him. I love this because Paul is not preaching what he heard about. Paul is preaching what he knows. I know that he got up from the grave with all power in his hand. I know that he lives and he's not dead. Paul says, I saw him for myself. Now, I might have been one out of season. I might have been one that was unworthy, but I saw him with my own eyes while I was on my way to Damascus, while I was on my way persecuting the church. I saw the Lord myself. Paul says this gospel, 
that I preach to you. This Let me remind you regarding this gospel of resurrection. It's a true story. It's a true gospel. It's a powerful gospel. It's a real gospel because not only did all these other witnesses see him, but I saw him. And he says, look, and even as much as I'm not qualified, I'm not, I, w- I shouldn't be the one that's telling you this. I should not have been the one who preached to you, but by the grace of God, I preached this gospel to you. I laid my heart out to you. I preached the gospel. And he says, look, by the grace of God, I am what I am. I persecuted the church. I shouldn't be the one who had preached the gospel to you. But nevertheless, God saw fit to use me anyhow to preach the gospel to you. And this gospel I preached to you, you received. To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our Spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.